welcome to the 15th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry and what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves and in the second half we discuss the game they are here to promote, which in this case is the Theron Saga by Studio Virtus. Hope I got that right. Alex, please tell us who you are. Thank you, Chris. So my name is Alexandre Malte. I am the CEO and the founder of Vertis. Uh, I am co-founder, actually, because I am working with a team of five people. There is five of us. We are uh, shareholders in a small indie studio uh, in Quebec City. I was about to ask, you are in Canada. Yes, I was, I was trying to dig around and research and I figured out that, yes, you are indeed uh, f- fellow um, subject of the Queen. Um, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> I think that's right. Yes, that is right. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. Um, so, you founded this amazing little studio. It's made this amazing game, which we're going to talk about later on in the show. But how did you start out? There, it all started five years ago. We had the objective to create our own game and to self-publish the game uh, in the Quebec City and also in another smaller city we call Matan in the province of Quebec. So really, we are a guy, a gang, a gang of French speaker that decided to put our energy together to create our first MMORPG game, and we had this the vision of an asynchronous uh, game. So meaning that a game that will not be as time consuming as other uh, title and a game that would also be more intellectual. So we did put ourselves at work and me and my colleagues uh, worked on the project up to uh, last year when we finally released the game first to a French community uh, since the first version was in French and we received a very positive feedback from that community. So more than 50,000 people accepted the invitation. They provided us us a ton of feedback. So there was so much learning we did in the last uh, couple of years. And we have been fine-tuning the game. And at some point, we also decided to change the name. Initially, it was known as Fatecraft, the Terian Saga. So we simplified the name to Terian Saga. We translated it. We finalized the product. And we reached the point where we were ready last February to launch the game in English for the English community. That's awesome. So this is your first game, in fact. Yes. <laughs> Me and my... It, there is uh, some experience uh, from my from my peers. They have been okay. working on companies such as Activision uh, here in Quebec City because we are lucky. We have multiple uh, studios around us. We have Ubisoft. We have Activision. So we are in a cluster of uh, game-related companies. Yeah, because Canada's got a huge gaming development uh, community and history now over the past oh, 20, 25 years, maybe more. Uh, not just not just Quebec. It's right across the country, isn't it? And it's coast to coast, if you will. It's just the Absolutely. nation itself has got extraordinary uh, history, just like the UK has, of course. Um, so yeah, that's 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 great. So, I mean, obviously, you have definitely taken a different tack on the MMO genre, which we'll talk about later. And fascinating stuff. Mainly, big word here: pacing. Oh yes. But uh, before I go into that, what are your influences then? Do you think? Is there one particular thing that you think has drawn you into this place where you eventually made made this game? 
Well, there is there is one game that was an influence for us. It was Ultima Online. Uh, this for us is a classic of the industry. In general, it is uh, very very well known in the UK for the the kind of a uh, mid to hardcore RPG player that we are uh, after. Okay. And this game, uh, we loved it because it is a sandbox game, and it, it it allows a lot of room for the player's imagination. So the the my uh, the designer of the game. So my my colleagues have been uh, have been working on some we we call uh, realms uh, into Ultima Online. They created some French community within Ultima Online historically to add new content to that classic. So I'm not saying that the game is it's not identical. It's a different spin, oh, but yeah. still yeah. there is something that inspired us from the beginning. I used to play UO as well. So I can completely empathise with uh, where you're going with this, and I can definitely see the influences between. Like you say, it's you build things, you 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 chop down a tree, then you take the logs, and then you put the logs into a lumber, and you you build a chair out of them. Usually, <laughs> uh, and then try to sell them, maybe, and put them in a shop. It was amazing. The game was way ahead of its time. Um, you know, it was before Galaxies, Star Wars Galaxies came out, and Galaxies had the same sort of thing going on with its crafting and its its uh, player driven economy. And uh, again, I was a player of that too. Uh, and all of these things, it's um, this 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 sense of you building the world, almost literally. You put the con, you build the content. It's like you know, again, maybe Minecraft does that. Of course, it does. You know, it's, it's the whole point of it. You build things in order to stop getting killed. Um, whereas in this game, there's yeah, um, uh, there an episode uh, saga is uh, it's yeah it's it's different. It's uh, the the focus on construction is good and and definitely prominent uh, in its in its layout. And I think it my my opinion on that is it, it provides a lot of freedom to the player. Is that how you think about it too? Yes, it is. We wanted the game to have some kind of realistic to it, meaning that the, 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 the same pipeline, such as you're going to cut the wood, you're going to transform the wood, and after that, you're going to build eventually furniture, a house, or an entire city. And we wanted the players to be involved in the entire creation pipeline. So uh, for us, crafting is not about putting stuff from a loot together that you got from a bus. Is really going into uh, using the different resources, doing exploration, so you gather those resources, and after that, you can feed this crafting pipeline th- which uh, with the workflow, and eventually uh, there is one thing that we uh, wanted to achieve with that, is to have all the objects to be to be dependent on multiple factors, including the, 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 the component that you're going to use for the crafting. Yeah. So breaking it Component, component down. And what happens there is that you get a rite of passage thing, because that's what I found of Ultima Online, because by the time you were, as I called it, solvent enough to actually go out and strike on your own, and you had enough weapons and, and skills, you'd spent a long time building up to that point, all right? 
Yes, it is. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and one characteristic of Terian Saga is that uh, there is there is multiple, uh, there is 20 trades that that the players ask to select, and they can decide to be a jack-of-all-trade, to invest in multiple related trade and be a bit autonomous, but it takes a while to reach a point where you can create high-value object. Or you mm. can decide to be more specialized, where I'm going to do, uh, uh, I'm going to be doing forging, and I'm going to be extremely good at it. But I'll use the other player to supply the material I need and to sell my my objects to the auction house. So there is a different way to do that. Yeah, I mean, on Ultima Online, I started out as a miner, then became a blacksmith, then became a warrior, and ended up being a sergeant at arms in some PvE, the PvP battle thing, <laughs> warrior sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we were fighting all the all the people were raiding others, so we'd go out and raid them. It was very silly, and but that was all about that. You know, I had to mine, then I had to smelt, then I had to make armor. It's extraordinary. And again, same thing here. But um, so, who who do you most sort of admire in industry? Who who's, is it? A company? Is it a person? Is it both? I don't mind. Who who do you sort of most uh, latch on to? Who do you look to and say that they that they do good stuff? Well, there is there is definitely Ultima Online, which is for us a classic and inspiration. So we have a lot of respect for that creation, especially at the time it was uh, created. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of another uh, another game that we love, the, the side of the community is Ev Online. So that's a different game, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But still, there is there is the, the meaningful presence that you have in that community, meaning that you're going to, you can have an impact on on a, lar- a vast number of players. We we wanted to. Uh, to have this kind of meaningfulness within uh, Terian Saga. So, uh, uh, example, since it is, since it is uh, quite, uh, it is challenging to reach the the very high level of a profession in a trade. Then you're you're becoming uh, someone very valuable into the community, and what you're going to create is going to be uh, is is going to have an impact on all others. So similar to CCP and Eve Online and stuff. That's again. That has the same kind of. So you're definitely drawn to those two properties, the, the creators of those two properties. So we're talking about Origin, may the rest in peace, and CCP, who are definitely still alive and kicking. Yes, yeah. another dimension that we have a a, a, a respect into, example, Eve Online is the is all the economy that has been built uh, within the game and the way it, it is uh, taking place between the players. So uh, it, it is our objective to have a very uh, eco- a very active economy within the game and it's become kind of a central piece uh, you know the auction house the, the, the sharing with others is 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 critical to make our crafting system valuable yeah and people have written theses on that bloody economy they, they really have people have graduated from undergraduate university you know degrees with writing research about how the economy works in that game and it really does work um, because I think the money is actually well, worth real money <laughs> and real world money. It's quite extraordinary. So, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and I think we 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 uh, it's a it's it's becoming a science, and that's a complex one. So, mm-hmm. I, as example, into our game, we have to manage some kind of an inflation. So yeah. we we want to put money into the system, but if we put too much, it's going to create too much inflation, and uh, so we have to ke- keep our eyes on some key metrics within the game to make sure that everything's uh, remains balanced. Yeah, just uh, so you almost have to hire an economist. I know CCP has one. They actually have an economist in, on their staff. So yes, well, I wish we would have one uh, at Terian Sega, but we are yeah. not at that size yet. Not yet, no. But you could always get maybe consultancy timing or something, or maybe some pro bono stuff that you can get in. Maybe, um, yes. maybe one, maybe one of your communities, like a, an economist graduate or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it would help you out. So, what are you playing right now? Apart from your own game, of course. Uh, well, we we are playing uh, a lot of new titles now because we need to to learn from 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 them. So, example, Earthstone has been uh, released, uh, and we have been playing the game. We are also coming from the uh, the MMO uh, more uh, action based games such right. as World of Warcraft and all that. Mm-hmm. So we have been pretty active into that. Okay, so because. Hearthstone is quite interesting for me because I used to play the the CCG, the the card game, the real world card game, you know. Yeah, uh, Magic the Gathering, I suppose. No, no, not not Magic the Gathering. No, World of Warcraft. The the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same as Hearthstone. So people go, "Yeah, this game's great." I'll be going, "Yes, I know. I know it's great because I've been playing it for the past three years. It's great. I know it is exactly the same game, and it's such a shame that." They killed off the card game because I really like the card game, but they've put it in a digital format, and it's quite interesting how they've done that. Well, more, I mean, it's Blizzard. It's a beautiful, beautiful game. Uh, and, uh, of course, it's free to play to a point, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Is it free to play? I don't know. Well, it is technically, but, you know, it's do you actually can you actually play it properly without putting any money in? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I haven't played it enough to say yay or nay to that. And uh, what, what any other MMOs that pique your interest apart from just WoW? Anything else? Uh, that Rift maybe or Elder Scrolls Online, for example. That's quite topical. Uh, yes, it's one of those classics. So we are we we are interested into that, but I, no specific idea at this time. No. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for sharing us a bit about yourself and where you came from and what you're working on. Um, then we're going to go on to now the second half where you tell us about Ethereum Saga. the pitch tell us what, what's the what's the setup because we've been hinting about it the first half of the show talking about all sorts of aspects of it but let's just take it from the top we'll, we'll, we'll tell us about the game 
Absolutely. So Talian Saga is an MMORPG and it's taking place in a medieval environment. So uh, in terms of the setting, people are going to feel at home. It's, it, it, is, uh, it is well known uh, into the domain. And we created uh, a complex world where there is a background story that is progressively being revealed uh, to the player. So it is, um, I am not going to, 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 to expose it because it, ha- it has to be dec- discovered through the game but still as as you play the game you're going to go from one adventure to another and you're always going to discover something new about what happened 700 years ago uh, before the player's time and as you as you discover that you're going to discover the vast world so the way we have been creating the game is that you have a large map initially you are limited to uh, a, a region that is secured and that is uh, uh, the best place to learn how to to manage the game. But eventually you're going to reach uh, additional region where uh, there is a nostalgia environment and you have to face a different encounter, but you're going to be rewarded at that time by uh, increased value in the resources that you can gather. So uh, this is one dimension of the game, which is the exploration of of this vast world and discovering what is the history of it with the artifact that you're going to 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 find along the way one of the key me- mechanic that we decided to implement it and we 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 discussed a bit about it is the asynchronous uh, gameplay mm-hmm. so technically in Tarian Saga you're going to come online you're going to build your queue of what you want your hero to accomplish and your hero is going to be autonomous and he is going to execute uh, every action uh, that is in the queue and as a player you want to come back often for short session and you'll be able to see your 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 hero progression uh, along the way there is moment where the players want to have more of a synchronous uh, interaction with the game at this time there we also have dungeon where when you enter a dungeon you explore the dungeon and this is something you would do in real time uh, as you're sitting in front of the game but for the the general crafting uh, progress and all that, it is really asynchronous. And since it, your uh, hero is mainly autonomous in the execution of his task, you will be able to have multiple heroes that progress uh, in same time. So for each server, you're allowed to have up to five heroes, and you can have them all progressive, uh, progressing uh, independently. But in general, what the player is going to strike is to get to, to get the hero to have some uh, interdependencies or to be logically uh, affiliate, meaning that uh, a hero is going to be a woodcutter, he is going to produce the wood, then another hero is going to consume it, is going to transform that, and perhaps another hero is going to be uh, uh, building uh, houses, building uh, building uh, into the game. Game, uh, for its guild. So the player uh, used the asynchronous uh, and the queue, queuing principle of the game to have multiple heroes that are evolving in the same time. So that's a key mechanic of the game, which I want to get across to everyone who's listening, is that 
some aspects are dealt with in real time, not in real time, but you actually interact with it while you're on the screen, sitting online, you know, as you're saying, doing some dungeon crawling and stuff. However, the ancillary bits, the bits that enable you to do those, to, to get the, all the wood and all the gold and all the materials together to go out and forage like that, is done over a very long period, but you don't have to be sitting in front of a computer to do it. You just set them off, get the, obey your commands, and then you can just log off and go about your day and then come back at the end of the day and all this stuff's done. Am I right in saying that? Yes, it is right. And I think we it, we think it is important uh, that we offer this kind of gameplay where the players doesn't have to be uh, sitting for a long session uh, in front of the, to to progress within the game. So really, if you're you need to be smart, it is not an easy game. But when you're smart and you build a right queue, you can have a a, a good progress uh, every day with those with those gaming sessions. And it is an MMO. So you can get help from others, am I right? Yeah, it is. It is, and we are constant. We are investing in more and more features that relate to the social interaction, <clears throat> and it is, it is what, uh, what is the end game of uh, for the game is to have the players to play to together as guild, and you know build those uh, economy within the guild, but also an interaction with uh, with the other players. Meaning that uh, in general, a guild is going to have a guild hall, is going to have also a workshop, and it is going to have a location on the map, so where they can gather resources and work together. They will be able to extract also high-value resources out of the environment. So this is one dimension of the game to play within themselves, but also we. We created the guild as they, they they have a need for a large amount of also more basic component to progress and this is where they are going to acquire those components for, from uh, the the rest of the community from single players so we built the design of the guild so there is an interaction within the guild but also between the guild and the community and that's what make it uh, for us uh, MMO and is there any plans or competitiveness between these guilds? I mean, Silver so World being the top of the tree in the guild um, uh, hierarchies, and believe me, I've been there with other MMOs, especially WoW. That got really intense. Um, but uh, can you tell us how, this, how is that going to pan out? Is there anything in place at the moment? Uh, we are going to keep investing into that, meaning that right now there is we have been uh, working on the multiplayer multiplayer side of the game, mm-hmm. more in a collaborative spirit where you're yep. going to need people to progress uh, in the adventure. Uh, this being said, the, the the vision is is in the next stage of natural evolution for the guild is to get in competition to one another, and this is what is planned for our our future releases so this is a game that is in perpetual development we will always be uh, adding content and it is our plan uh, in the in the future to have complete regions where you're going to be able to 
own uh, own lands and you will gain access to resources those resources are, go are going to be uh, contested they are going to be to have battle between guild to get access to that so the pvp uh portion is going to take place uh, if, uh in the game and it's going to be uh more to the end game during the okay. end game that thought so yeah Again, same as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the uh, the guild versus guild stuff. Um, yeah, it's when I'm on PVE server anyway, that gets a bit silly. Um, but uh, so my first question is really a, a mechanic of a game. Uh, we haven't really spoken about it much. You've hinted at it, maybe. But the game's combat is quite passive. The player chooses which characters they have in their party, and then they, they fight, and they have a series of exchanges. So how did this combat system work or come, come about? How did it evolve into what it is now? Has it always been that way? Uh, yes, it's always been that way since the beginning. Uh, and there is a couple of constraints uh, in terms of design. Right. First, the game needs to, to since the, the hero is autonomous, when you reach regions that are hostile, you might be traveling from one point to another, and you're going to have an encounter with a creature and where there is to need to, for having a battle. And this battle is going to take place while the player is not online. So there is a need for uh, a certain level of autonomy uh, having the combat uh, autonomous in, ter in terms of uh, happening, mm -hmm. uh, but in same time, uh, we we as as we progress through the game, the combat are getting more and more complex, and players will need to have the right companion. They will need to consider uh, uh, what they need to bring as tool, as potion, as as weapon. So as you start the game, uh, it's uh, it's pretty automatic as combat, but as you evolve, they are getting more complex. Complex, and also uh, it is one of our future development to uh, increase the, the 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 complexity of mm. of the combat, such as the ability to to have spells, have uh, different uh, other uh, characteristic of uh, weapons. So we we will eventually also revamp the combat system, so it is uh, it is. It is very uh, strategic. Okay, okay, well, that's fine. I, I, I can see why, because the nature of the game and the way you've set it up and its structure and the fact that you can, you know, walk away from it and it will go and it will go and do its thing. I mean, you know, drives you into this kind of uh, structure or method of combat, and it is very much a management game almost. It sounds like you know. A bit dry, but it, it you are almost managing a process, and people are reacting to your requests. Yes, it is true, and and this is one uh, dimension of the game is that uh, sometimes we call it. Uh, uh, a management RPG because there is uh, you have your resources you are yeah. going to do some planning out of it so it's true there is a definitely a management part to the game and there's a huge market for these sort of games in in the UK there's a game you probably know this a football manager which is you know soccer management sim it's massive it's the biggest selling PC game in the UK and it all it is is a series of spreadsheets managing football teams what are you going to do <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's it's not for me. I actually really, really like it. It's why I don't play it because, it's like, oh, I'd lose my, I'd lose myself in the, you know, like, stay away. 
I know what happened to me if I started playing that. Anyway, back to the real point. Travelling across the world is in real time. So rather than having any much in the way of fast travels, you have in Skyrim, etc., etc., there isn't anything. You, when you say, you need to travel from there to there in real time, why, why, why have you done that? I think yes, I know I why, but you tell me. <laughs> yes, I, and I can understand the question. It's true that, uh, for example, in Skyrim, since when you discover a place, you can always teleport back to that location, So, which yeah. is very convenient because it, uh, I cannot see otherwise. In in the context of our game, uh, it, we have to go back to the design of the asynchronous game. And initially, uh, for us, the, 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 the traveling time of the game was already a lot longer than it is right now so you would queue uh traveling and after that the task that will come the way we build it though is that uh once you 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 have defined the travel you already have the ability to set the next task that are going to happen in that location so in some way you do not need to wait for that travel to happen because you already can do the 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 management of what would happen when you reach the location but to our surprise, when we when we first launched the game, we realized that players were were playing longer session that we were expecting, right. and they they were waiting for the traveling to happen. So what we did is that we ac- we reduced the time to what it is today, which is uh, still uh, you still have to wait for to reach your location. Uh, so because we don't want people to simply jump from one location to another, a bit no. like you do in Skyrim when you get to know the entire map. Mm-hmm. So we still wanted to have this level of realistic uh, traveling time, but we reduced it to make okay. it more convenient for players. That's cool. Because it just freaked me out. No, not in a bad way. It's like, well, this is brave. Why have they done this? And then you see where the top-down level of design of this, this game, you realize that there's a reason why this pacing is the way it is. You have to think in a very different way when you approach this game because most people, certainly for my generation, when they say they're going to play a game, they're going to think they're going to sit down and play it. Whereas in this one, you have to actually take little bite-sized chunks of it as you, as you uh, throw yourself into this world. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, you're right, and there is there is uh, inconvenience, and then and there is advantages. And one advantage mm. that we are after is that if when the game is asynchronous and you need to have a smaller bite at the game, you cannot consume the game uh, uh, in 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 few multiple session. Mm. Uh, in general, there is a, a long term retention and an attachment to the community. So your engagement with the game is going to be slower, but it's going to last a long time. And what we see right now is that we have players that have been playing the game for two years and still are discovering new content and uh, it would not be possible to reach that if everything would be uh, in uh, in real time. Yeah, yeah, you'd be open about 20 minutes. Well, I'm joking but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so, one thing I want to talk about, we haven't really spoke, you've hinted at it again, we do, do, do this a lot, hint at things, but I, I, I've Having experienced it and, and 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 watched some videos and seen read lots of reviews and stuff is uh, there's all a sense of danger to the player. I mean, uh, there's definitely a risk reward thing going on in this game, and if you expose yourself too soon, too early, you will get quite well reasonably punished. Was that always a core philosophy of the game? 
Well, when you start the adventure, it's uh, the player is evolving in uh, in a region that is secured. So there is not much of uh, a style encounter others than in dungeon. In, in that context, uh, it is pretty secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, if you it, when when you uh, do the dungeons, it's true that some of the encounter, if you're not well prepared, are going to be more challenging than the usual game uh, and in uh in some kind of punitive because you have to you're going to be kicked out of the dungeon and you have to redo it uh, uh, again uh, but still in terms of crafting in terms of the exploring the map you're able to do the first part of the game uh without having to manage too much pve uh, at that time but when you're you're after uh, you get to higher level after a few weeks, you will be looking to go to the land far, the northern region on the map, and then uh, your as your anything that your character does, there is always a risk to ha- to have something hostile happening to you and having to fight, and sometimes your character is 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 going to lose, and if he is losing uh, too many fight or he is getting too severe really uh, injured he is going to lose uh, uh, a lot of productivity and everything is going and it will be needed to sleep to restore uh, the character or to take some uh, eating potion so yeah we'll be prepared basically but that's my point yeah. you have to invest not an insignificant amount of time before even an attempt to go outside what you describe as the controlled area, the the starter area. So. It's true, and and there is I th- there is a core a decision as well is that we made a decision to make the game challenging intellectually, but not so the game. Uh, I admit, is not going to provide all the answers. So the the players has to interact together to understand some of the game mechanic, and this is a big part of the community interaction is related to okay, okay, how do I achieve that crafting of this specific weapon? What is this resources? Where can I find it? So there is a game where uh, the the design is going to be extremely uh, friction free. So to make sure that the players is never going to uh, to encounter something that is challenging and disconnect. In our case, uh, the game is more challenging, and it, it is uh, a matter of player style. But uh, the most uh, the most uh, uh, loyal player in general appreciate the fact that the game is actually not completely easy. That you, st- you, you sometimes you have to work hard to reach your objective. It's more of a cerebral experience, and I get I get from you is that you don't want to insult the intelligence of your players. In fact, it's the last thing you want any developer wants to do. But least of all, you you seem to be starting out from that place. Do you think that's a right, fair thing to say? Yes, I think it it is right. We want the game to 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 rely on pe- people making smart decision and people having. A certain level of resilience towards the game. So to be to be willing to invest themselves to resolve uh, to uh, to to resolve some uh, complex uh, puzzle in terms of the crafting system. And that's fascinating because what you're describing there is exactly how UO used to be, how Eve Online is, how Galaxies was. May rest in peace as well. 
Um, they they all had those communities around them. The developers just nudged. They didn't really direct. They just nudged them. You know what I mean? They just sort of. They didn't say you need to go to this place or this has to happen or if you combine that with that, this you will get this amazing rifle or what have you. You just let them go. You you put this stuff in there. You put this big vat of code and you threw it in there and then people just dove in and, and explored. Is that fair? Yes, it is. And uh, uh, it, it does create uh, the community itself. And this is why other games, as you mentioned, you know, EVE Online is a good example, mm. a game where uh, it is pretty, uh, the learning curve is pretty steep. Well, it's a cliffhanger, uh, isn't it, really? It's going to be steep. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. I must agree on that. Yeah. And on, uh, in our case, uh, we try to, to reach uh, a point of balance uh, because if the game is too easy, there is no point for social interaction there it's is no boring. discussion to have it's, it's yeah it's get sorry boring. To be so blunt, but it's boring you know when you have a game it's just too too easy you know i'm falling asleep here i'd rather play dark souls i'm just going to go off and die a thousand times but at least i'm entertained yeah, exactly so. i think you're a good candidate for our game <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean like i said i played uo and i, I never played eve online because i fear it might again i'm just respectful of my my uh, my my brain and how it works. So uh, there's certain games I avoid, not because I wouldn't like them, it's because I like them too much, and I'll end up playing them exclusively, which would be a bad thing. Which I don't think will happen with Theory and Saga because uh, it's uh, the way it's set up and the way it's structured. You can easily play anything else alongside it. You're okay. It's, you don't have to sit in front of this screen for hours. In fact, it demands you don't. Uh, this is great. It's very very True. refreshing to hear. But there's one aspect that we haven't really spoken about is how it's funded and how you pay for it because it is free to play, right? Yes, it is free to play. Technically, the project we are in the development studio, so mm. it is self-funded by ourselves, and right. we invested on creating the game, and we selected the free-to-play model, which mm. is uh, very popular, but it's also a very tricky one. There is a fine line that you don't want to cross, especially for a game like ours, where you want to build a long-term uh, relationship with your player, and retention is is critical. So uh, for a, a game like Terian Sega, having an aggressive monetization system uh, would, would, would not stand very long because it will, it, will, it will discourage the community. And one of our key objectives with the game, it's, kind of, it's a core decision that we made. The first one is that uh, all players, non-playing or playing, should be able to, to reach the same level and explore 100% of the content of the game. Okay. Uh, yep, it's good. Independently how much you invest. And to make it more true, we, we decided also, the same as EVE Online, that you can accord the premium credit, which we call the blue crowns into our game. You can acquire them not only with real money, but also from the auction house, uh, from other players, which is... Uh, an interesting d dynamic. So uh, an advanced player, which is uh, very uh, skilled at crafting, will be able to 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 purchase uh, the blue crowns, so the premium credit, into the auction house mm -hmm. without having to pay for the game. And um, 
and so so it creates some some of balance between the the, the non-paying user and the paying user and uh, also another dimension that we uh, we wanted to to secure to again to not cross this fine line is that uh, you you cannot skip forward the entire game and completely outrun uh, the 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 non-paying user since they are also important member of the community so the, the way we did that we have been limiting for uh, for three to three hours the time you can accelerate uh, the gameplay. So yes, it is possible to accelerate, but only a, a, a fraction of your entire progress. You still need you still need to go through the game as any other players. So what? Anything else you you get out of putting some money in? Is it any vanity items or? I don't think this game's really attuned to vanity items, but. Uh... I'm just trying to tease out of you what more what, what happens when you put money into the game, if at all. Well, there is uh, there is uh, there there used to have vanity item that would be accessible to the premium shop that right. we actually removed because the game is not completely suitable for that, and it's we not, decided no. it's 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 not a vanity game. So I guess no. it's. A, so we made the decision to reintegrate those items within the gameplay, which is an activity that is uh, currently ongoing. So what was uh, initially sold at the premium store is will eventually get to the to the to the normal content of the game. Mm. So what can you have right now with the game is mostly two things. There is uh, some potion that are going to accelerate, uh, for example, the traveling uh, between one location to another to okay. or, or to execute a task quicker to heal yourself after a dungeon uh, but but again all those uh, potion are, are going to be limited in term of consumption so it is not going to uh, uh, broke the break the balance of the game and the second and uh, uh, the very popular category is the unlockable uh, feature that we have in the game for example when you play you have one backpack but you can have up to in exchange from Blue Crown, you can queue uh, a, a certain number of tasks. Uh, I think it's five uh, uh, by the non, on the non-paying version. If you want to queue more tasks, you can go up to nine. Uh, and the same so, applies. Just the summary, then. I think it's acceleration measures. You, this is what it does. This increases the pace of the game. Uh, there is a part of it, yes, and there is also comfort, such mm. as the backpack and all that, where yeah. uh, it is going to ease the experience. Convenience. Okay, that's really interesting because it's a, you know, it's a, it's really hard to do free to play, in my opinion. Some people have done it really badly. Um, you can make your own comment on that, but a particular game came out recently by EA that everyone had the yelling because it was basically not so much free to play, but pay to function <laughs> uh, because it was it was more or less unplayable. I won't say what the game is, but I think you know what I'm talking about. It was, it was a game that was so crippled, unless you put a, an amount of money in, it wouldn't function. It just it was unplayable. It was extraordinary experience, what they did. Um, but I don't think you're doing this here because you're you're inviting the player to say you pay at your own place. If you if you're okay with you know just doing these little bits here and there at this pace and not pay anything, that's cool, that's fine. Uh, however, if you want to charge on and, and, and increase the pace a little bit and make things a little, little easier for you to, like, you know, have more backpacks and 
you know, just for convenience, and you can pay in X amount. When you pay that amount, is it permanently open? I mean, how does that work? If you if you paid, say, I put in ten US dollars or something, what would that give me, for example? Well, uh, if you would pay, for example, those ten US dollars, you would be allowed to have a very decent uh, uh, added value uh, to the game, meaning that having a couple of more uh, queue that you can task, mm. you can have additional companion, and those are, to answer your question, are going to be permanent. Initially, we experimented with the to 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 have those uh, unlocked temporarily, mm. and in general, the the players do not appreciate that and it's a step back when you lose the privilege after that so we made the decision to have everything that would be uh, permanent when you unlock them that's really and good also to hear. It, yeah, it applies to all your characters uh, mm. so uh, in, oh, wow. in the same okay. account and but really the, the 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 core decision is that the game has to be enjoyable without putting any money into it. And I think I globally our community would agree that we achieved that objective. I think it's really important because I've encountered a situation where, oh yeah, you can put you can pay for this, but we'll take it away from you after a month. Which means it's basically a subscription model. Because you, you put that money in to bring it into a function that you like and then they go, well that's that's okay, but we're gonna take that away from you unless you give that money again over and over again. And that point you go, well, you know, I'm playing the game as I'd like to play it. I may, may just make it a subscription model, which no one likes these days, unless it's WoW. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's true. Um, but the WoW's a different beast and it's a discussion for another time. But it's, it's a fair uh, thing to say because you are almost in that same space, but quite frankly, your game is so utterly different. I think it's unfair to compare the two. Thank you very much for your time, Alex. I really, really appreciate what, the, the time you spent with us. Um, the game, give us a spiel. Where can you get it? Because it is actually a browser game. We didn't say that, did we? It's a browser game. Yes, it is a browser game. There is no download that is required. No. And people can discover uh, at terriansaga.com. And, you know, the, the inscription is free. You can play instantly. Mm -hmm. It's going to run into the browser. Yeah, and uh, any particular browsers you'd favor? You'd rather not say, but it, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, it works on, I mean, I... It works on Chrome and Firefox and all usual suspects, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, we uh, all, all browsers uh, are supported, and it is true uh, in both uh, Mac and uh, the PC version. Uh, w w the only combination that we know have some issues is the Mac version with Chrome right. uh, for t for technical reason. But is it yes. Flash or excuse my ignorance? How's it running? Don't get it's, it's it's no on that side we made a different decision. We are re relying on Microsoft Silverlight to be running, oh, so the equivalent right, okay. of Flash released yeah. from uh, Microsoft. Yes, okay. and um, yeah, it's a technological technological uh, decision that is also related to the entire infrastructure of the game that the the players doesn't see, but still uh, everything is being hosted on the cloud. And does it work on Linux? You didn't mention Linux there. Sorry, that was the other platform that some of our listeners uh, have. Does it work on Linux at all? 
I would have to verify that. I am not sure. If it doesn't, but we'll yeah, we'll find out. I'll yeah, do some tests I would assume well. it does, but I didn't check that out. No, I I, I did recently built a Steam box, so I can check it out on that and get back to you. Good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll put a link on the on the website for to for people to get the game. And check it out for themselves. And it is in uh, open beta right now, is that right? Yes, it is in open beta in English for uh, for a, f- a few months left. So it is, it is a good time to explore the game. Okay, then. Uh, okay, well, Alex, thank you. Well, thank you for your interest and thank you for your time. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan. No apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me... Any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer, you listen to this show, want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Bye!